Welcome to another Speak of the Devil. It's been a little while since we've done one, but I'm glad you're here with us to experience. <laughs> My name is Rowan Campbell, and today I'm being joined by Willock Patrick DeMargo. How you doing, man? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing amazing. Amazing. It's been Fantastic. a while since we've talked. I'm. I think almost a year. Not since we talked, but since we've done a show together. Has it been that long? No. It was the fear been... one. When did we do fear? That was right when the pandemic happened. So that was a year, and then we did one a little bit after that. So it's probably been a good right. seven or eight, nine months, maybe. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great to see you. You and I have spoken about this episode for a while now, and then you were uh, fortunate enough to go on the experience. And then, uh, you know, before you went, you sort of hit me up and said, Hey, are you still interested? I was like, Hell yes, I'm interested in having this conversation afterward double down on it like we we've got to have this conversation and this is a difficult one for a lot of satanists and it's difficult i think for a ridiculous reason and so i want to preface this show i want to sort of lay out the picnic blanket of this episode if i could um with this thought and that's the church of satan as an organization of course does not condone any illegal activities but different substances in different regions of this planet are illegal or not or, or are in fact just legal um, and so when we think of substance use we typically as americans think of the just say no nancy reagan campaign so this war on drugs that was a massive failure and what we're seeing in modern culture is this realization of it the scientific community is able to do serious studies into psychedelics specifically but also just drugs in general and realizing that no not all drugs are the same not all drugs are abjectly destructive to the individual and so this idea that satanists have to take this anti-drug stance simply because the organization does not condone illegal behavior is ridiculous and herd-like in its uh, uh delivery in its in its acceptance the truth is is we as individual satanists depending on where we live have decisions that we need to make as individuals. And that is, am I going to take aspirin? Am I going to consume alcohol? Am I going to uh, smoke weed? Am I going to uh, uh, chew on some, uh, some magic mushrooms? And whether those are illegal or not, factor into the decision that we as individuals need to make. And I think it's important to understand that it is legal in some areas, it is illegal in others, but the organization, the Church of Satan, only has an opinion based on illegality, not on whether or not a particular substance or a particular drug is good or bad or abjectly anything that is up to the individual Satanist. I cannot stand it when there's a group of people who identify as individuals and yet wrap their minds around this herd-like acceptance or uh, a rejection of something simply because someone else agrees or doesn't agree with it, whether that's a person or whether that's a thing. 
or a place. Who knows? A lot of places. I don't know. So I wanted to get that out there because this whole anti-drug uh, uh, sort of layer of understanding with some Satanists is predicated on misunderstandings, misinformation, and straight up ignorance in most cases. If you as an individual don't want to take any sort of drugs, don't. That's on you. If you want to experiment, uh, experiment with legal or illegal drugs, that's on you. You have to suffer the consequences of doing so. But to think that the organization of which it clearly states that we are individuals meant to have individual autonomy from in every other aspect, when it comes to drugs, we're supposed to like, like march lockstep. That's well, ridiculous. I mean, I mean uh, like, like, like we say, indulgence, not compulsion. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's really, really important to point out there because again, so many Satanists are actually very, very herd-like in their perception of drugs in general. And I don't know if it comes from ignorance. I don't know if it comes with just wanting to fit in, which is a ridiculous statement on its own, but well, the truth. It, well, it could be their, their perception of what illegal drugs are. I mean, if we're talking mm -hmm. about heroin, meth, cocaine, things like that, yes, I can understand that. But we're talking about like natural substances that come from the ground like mushrooms or marijuana or acid or some of those things. It's like, well, you know, what's your, you know, where's the line that you don't cross? It all depends, like you said, on the individual. Right. It is an individual choice and you have to deal with the consequences of those choices as with every choice in life. So, and I only bring this up because as soon as I released the mail, um, the email announcement about this show, I had people like, unsubscribing immediately they're like oh drugs i can't be involved with that unsubscribe and that's just a, and that's fine i don't want that type of person in my mailing list anyway but the fact is is it's, it's ignorance it's pure ignorance and it's fear and it's pathetic so we're going to have an adult conversation about a drug that is arguably already within us in quantities and in virtually every living form on this planet in different dosage. So we have to come to this with the understanding that this is not some crazy, wild, mad scientist experiment that's going to send you one to jump off cliffs and, you know, do whatever Nancy Reagan says, uh, you know, the, the effects of drugs have on you. That's all ridiculous lies. We're going to talk about facts. We're going to talk about scientific realities, so I hope you guys are prepared. But before we dive into that conversation, I do want to acknowledge those beautiful people in the chat room. Sean, thank you so much for joining us live. Gary, it's always great to see you, my friend. Jason, what's up? Valeria, how are you, my dear? Always nice to see you. Um, Lazarus, never tried it. We're going to talk about it. Uh, JK, great to see you. Uh, I'm down with that. And uh, Ashworth, thanks for joining live. Okay, so Zach says, uh, I think it's easier to distance the actions of the few from the face of the organization. I'm not seeing the problem. And I don't mind that at all. Uh, what I don't like is reactionary ridiculousness. And so that's what I was addressing. Joe Rogan should be tuned in to this. I don't know about that, Marty. Uh, he's, he's already a huge proponent, it seems like anyway. Um, <laughs> if you can fly, take off from the ground already. All right, so we're going to dive into this, but I want to start... From the beginning, I want to talk about definitions. Again, I want to take a very fact-based approach to this conversation because what we're going to get into, and let me tease this a little bit, is is that um, 
Warlock DeMarco, you have actually tried DMT. You tried a, a variant of it called M, I'm sorry, 5-MEO DMT. And uh, we're going to talk about that experience. We have some before and after videos that we're going to show um, of you addressing the camera. And just uh, sort of dive into what it was like, how it felt, um, what you learned from it, if anything. But we're also, before we get to that, we're going to talk about some scientific information that you as the audience can use as foundational information to decide whether or not this is something that you should look into or not or stay away from and that is a personal choice that is up to you to make in every case so we're going to get into that um let's start with the definition i think that's probably the best place to start let me Agreed. throw this up here i don't know why this continually drives me nuts when it does it okay so Diamethyltryptamine, which is DMT, is a hallucinogenic drug with an action of short duration. And the reason why it's a short duration is because it's already in our bodies. And our bodies have built up proteins to subdue it. And so when you infuse more into our body, it immediately shuts down synapses of your brain and opens up different parts of your brain that are not normally supposed to, in the fight or flight reality that we've uh, evolved in, supposed to work together at the same time. And those proteins attack the DMT and subdue it. And that's why it only lasts for a little while. But in that short time, you sort of go on some crazy experiences. And some people have argued that the uh, afterlife uh, uh, experiences that people have is because synapses have shut down and they get that flood of DMT from their brain um, because it's no longer subdued and that's how they experience what they experience um, but again speculation uh, so what is DMT? it is a schedule 1 controlled substance in the United States in, uh, which means it's illegal to make buy, possess, or distribute some cities have recently decriminalized it but it's still illegal under state and federal law. So you can go to Oregon and you can try it without any problem. You go to, go to uh, uh, I think even Colorado, and I think it's decriminalized there now. I know psychedelics are like magical mushrooms are, are right. decriminalized there. What's that? Yeah, um, yeah, some places it is de decriminalized. Some people, um, I mean, some states it's not. I mean, I was, uh, I went out of the country to, mm -hmm partake in this so that way you know i went to a place where it was legal mm -hmm. and i think that's really an, an important part of this conversation because it not only frames personal responsibility in context but it frames a societal face on drugs uh, the reason why it's decriminalized in some states is because they recognize the scientific benefits Right. of these drugs and for some people in some states specifically legislators they cannot get over the fact that it has once been categorized as illegal or type one and so they cannot accept it. and that's why marijuana of all stupid fucking drugs is still illegal in the country specifically even though states have legalized in some form over the vast majority of the states of the united states um so where does dmt come from well, it naturally occurs in many plant species, which has been used in religious ceremonies in some South American countries for centuries, and it can also be made in laboratories. But it's also in biological entities. It's also in animals. We, it's been suspected, have 
it within ourselves uh, generated from our pineal glands and specifically the 5-MeO-DMT variant that you tried, uh, Patrick, comes from a, a toad of all weird things. Yeah, and toad, so, toad, toad secretion. Yeah, and just dried, and then you burn it, and you inhale the, the smoke, and, and that's, that's the in, infusion of the uh, 5-MeO-DMT chemical into your brain. So it is a very natural substance, a, a chemical that is a part of virtually all living things. And I want to bring in an aspect of this because a lot of people, when they experience psychedelic effects, attribute it to otherworldly connections. Um, and I'm not going to shit on anyone's personal experience or, or demean their, right. their, their perspectives at all. But I will say that if it is already a part of all of life, plant and animal life, then there's nothing supernatural about it. It's a, it's a connective chemical that, that right. draws us in to what is rather than what could be or what's you know astrally out there you know some weird new age bullshit and so everyone's going to have their own perspectives of this and they're going to have their own experience when they try different psychedelics and and that's on you to, to experience okay um but the fact is is it's here it's a part of us it's always been a part of us and historically religions have used these drugs in order to convince people of extra dimensional deities like gods like that that's religious experiences started with consuming alcohol laced with um uh, right, uh psychedelics right. and, that's, and that's where i was like thinking to myself i was like going in as a satanist i said i wonder if I do have that type of experience, what my programming as a Satanist, yeah. how that would be reflective in my experience. Would I be, would I accept it for what it was or would I fight it? Or would my brain just adapt and come up with its own version of it? You know, that's, that's, that was one of the key things that I was very excited about. It's like, I was like, like, Oh, I went to outer space. I talked to God. I did this. I was like, Hmm, I mm. wonder if that's how your brain interpreted those images and handled it. Yeah. Well, don't tease it yet, because I, I want to talk about that in a oh, second. No. You and I, and it's been really kind of tough for me because I'm, I'm always curious about this stuff. I've just a bit of background on me. I, I have a lifetime of experience with psychedelics. When I was a teenager and a young man before I joined the military, I was all about acid. Uh, I did mushrooms at that time, but at that point in my life, I was all about acid. After I left the military, I've done uh, mushrooms a handful of times, and I'm a huge proponent of mushrooms for. Um, uh, your own uh, mental harmony, I guess I would say, is it's, it's right. a way to process and to accept. And and for some people, <clears throat> especially if you have mental deficiencies or you have chemical issues, which most of us have, it is certainly a way of processing those deficiencies or those issues. And there are, are more and more studies coming out about how much more effective psychedelic psychedelic drugs are than antidepressant drugs in treating not just PTSD, but also depression in general. Um, and so it is something that we have to honestly face as a, a, a real solution to some real problems that individuals are facing on a regular basis. And the upside is kind of cool for recreation too. <laughs> just putting it out there. All right, that being said, uh, 
is DMT the same thing as ayahuasca? Kind of. So DMT is the main active ingredient in ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is traditionally prepared from two different plants called uh, Banisteriopsis kaopi or kapi and uh, Psychotria viridis. Uh, the latter contains DMT, while the former contains MAOIS, which prevents certain enzymes in your body from breaking down DMT. And again, that's because we have DMT in us already, and our body knows how to naturally subdue it. And so when you have an influx of new chemical of DMT, you need an enzyme to stop your body from breaking that down so that you can then have it shut down your synapses in your brain and open up the... Um, uh, continuous active parts of your brain that do not normally act together uh, uh, in order to experience the, uh, the drug itself. So, does DMT naturally exist in your brain? Well, no one knows for sure. Again, some believe that the pineal gland uh, produces it in the brain and releases it when we dream. Others believe it's released during birth and death. Some go further and say that this release of DMT at death may be responsible for those mystic near-death experiences, as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, some, some hear about. Um, from the source that I looked online, they said that they weren't sure, but they did not discount it. Other sources that I find say that, yes, the pineal gland does generate it. It is a part of us. So I suppose we just have to sort of put our hands up and say, maybe, maybe not. I mean, that's right. kind of where I am on it. Uh, and so the next question here that I think most people are going to wonder about is what does it feel like? And so I want you to confirm or deny what is suggested in this article. Okay. Um, as with most, most drugs, DMT can affect people in different ways. Some truly enjoy the experience. Others find it overwhelming or frightening. As far as it, its psychoactive effects, people have described feeling like they're traveling at warp speed through a tunnel of bright lights and shapes. Others describe having an out-of-body experience and feeling like they've changed into something else. Uh, there's also some who report visiting other worlds and communicating with elf-like beings. Some people also report a pretty rough come down from DMT that leaves them feeling unsettled. Does any of that ring true in your experience? There's a couple of things with that. Yes, I mean, it's a combination. Um, everybody's experience is a little bit different. Everybody's um, um, genetic makeup will have an effect on how DMT affects you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, that can be true. I did have a lot of different experiences. Um, you know, the main thing is that I did something different too. Um, I listened to subliminal programming on a low frequency in my earbuds mm -hmm. while I took the DMT. I figured from my research, now this way above my pay grade, and I probably shouldn't have been done doing this, but um, I figured at this altered state, if I was to reprogram myself or introduce a thought pattern, that it would stay and have a greater effect than trying to just listen to it or this and that. My brain is in such an, an altered state that this message might go directly to it. And I was 100% right. So um, mine was... Um, manifesting miracles people you know subliminal people laugh i'm like you know what i'm telling you we're our own gods and we create in our own world so it's not too far-fetched to say well maybe i need to program that a little bit harder mm -hmm. and to create more in my world and how i interpret things and to accomplish goals and i just said you know what? it's just an opportunity but i'm not going to pass up 
it was it, it, it had a different effect on my trip as well. Yeah. I think it's interesting because because we we do as Satanists we 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 face life and say we are our own gods. We are the highest embodiment of human life. And yet there is an undeniable reality that some of us have physical deficiencies and some of us have chemical deficiencies that is just as real as our desire to be the alien elite, whatever that means, or our, our, our recognition of ourselves as that. And so how do you, how do you work through that? Part of what means, that's fine. Part of what it means to be a Satanist is to become the best version. Hold on, hold yeah. on for one second, I'll be right back. I'm talking to the audience, it's fine. Part of it, what it means to be a Satanist is to become the best version of yourself. Recognizing the natural deficiencies that you have as that human being that you are. So how do you get over them? Some people use therapy, some people use substances, whether that's uh, antidepressant or uh, any other chemical, legal substances that are issued by doctors. And there's more and more studies released. The psychedelics actually can be more beneficial and have less, if no side effects, compared to those antidepressants in addressing those chemical issues that people have. And so when you come across uh, statements like this from Satanists that are people who do illegal drugs are weak, I rather face reality than dream it. it that is an ignorant statement on any account. The fact is, is everyone uses drugs at some point in their lives, period. Whether it's to address a cold, symptoms of a cold or a fever, or whether it's to treat chronic back pain. Everyone takes drugs. And the fact that some are illegal and some aren't is not because those illegal ones are bad and those uh, legal ones are good. It's because some person decided it. And usually, as we're discovering nowadays, it was decided without the actual information needed to make an educated decision. When it comes to marijuana, when it comes to psychedelics, you can't argue that point. And so when you throw out statements like that to me, I can only point out that you are ignorant, uninformed, and unwilling to challenge your own perceptions. And how can you be a Satanist? If you cannot see someone else's perspective, if you cannot challenge your own accepted perceptions of reality, you can't. You cannot use lesser magic to manipulate someone else if you cannot put yourself in their fucking position, if you can't understand what they want, why they want it. And you can't understand that if you don't understand perception. So leave your blanket ignorant statements to yourself because we all see it. We all recognize how ridiculous they are. It's better to be thought an idiot than to open your mouth and prove yourself one. Definitely. I read that and I just started laughing. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Obviously, you, you, you are, um, uh, you're just here just to, uh, there's a, you're just here to stir the pot. So yeah. That's basically it. You know, yeah. and, I, and I appreciate that person and where they're at and their, um, lack of understanding of things, and um, you know that's they just want to be little jerks. That's all right. <laughs> so it's not a big deal. We'll be a little jerk, you know. I mean, I mean, you know, it's just. Um, I just thought it. I was like, wow, you know, obviously this person is just wanting attention for themselves because they typed it in all caps, 
Like, look at me. Look at me. Yelling it. It's and look, right. Behemoth, I, like we, we've had conversations back and forth uh, through the chat room and different shows and stuff. So I'm not trying to shit on you or your opinion, um, but you put it up there. <laughs> so uh, to, to think that people take illegal drugs, uh, you know, what's considered illegal uh, in different regions of this planet simply because they want to escape reality and dream it is is just such an ignorant statement i i mean truly you've got to understand some people take illegal what is illegal in some regions of this planet and not others because they're trying to deal with chronic pain some people take it because they have ptsd or they have chronic depression or their chemical balance in their natural body which all of ours is incredibly different is just the synapses aren't firing properly and so they need something to fucking fix it that's literally all it comes down to. So they want to get to reality. They want to understand what they're experiencing in order to face reality. That's why they take the drugs. Not to escape it, not to live in some dreamland, not to shut off their brain and just sort of float in some weird nirvana state. It's to actually get to normal. And, and when you pass these strange judgments like that, not only do you shut down any arguments, uh, of your understanding or anyone else having these these opinions but you're actively ignoring the truth about reality and that's that reality is subjective that everyone experiences it differently there is no one truth one accepted understanding reality is nine tenths perception yes very much so it drives me nuts all right that being said, I don't want to shit on anyone. I just saw that. I was like, I got to squash that really quick. Like, that's ridiculous. I don't I want. Saw it and I was like, oh, this person's not so great. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about side effects because clearly that's a fear. Anyone thinks about illegal drugs, they think, well, it must be illegal for a reason. There must be some real side effects. So let's talk about them. Uh, DMT is a powerful substance that can cause a number of mental and physical side effects. Some of these are desirable but others not so much. So possible mental effects of DMT include <laughs> euphoria, the sensation of floating, vivid hallucinations, altered sense of time, and depersonalization. And the only one that I can see as negative in there is depersonalization as a Satanist. Like feeling like you're not connected to reality, I think is a yeah. real issue. Now that's, one, that's one of the things where, in my experience, that I felt more connected with everything yeah so i made a statement on the facebook page um i feel like i was one with the universe and people are like well can you expand on that and i'm like i can but i'd rather do it on a show <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to give too much about that i mean this <laughs> is you know i, was like, I can like but then i don't want to spoil it so that's just where it's just um you know uh it's such an amazing uh experience that i had and how it's changed me in ways that I was unexpected. And as time has gone on, I'm still changing. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like the one instant that you do it and that's it. You have this profound or whatever. Now, some people don't hallucinate. Some people don't trip. Some people don't experience anything. And yeah. then you have others that have like um, amazing trips. So, but as you keep going on, you still change. It's not just a one-time deal. It's a lasting effect. Mm -hmm. And it evolves as you evolve. Well, that's, I mean, that, that's how I, that's why from rarely, 
That's why I still use mushrooms from time to time. And, and that's because, you know, I started using psychedelics as a kid just to trip and experience. Um, right. I, and I continue using them as an adult because it genuinely allowed me to have introspection. And introspection on a level that is different than me just meditating or just, just thinking about decisions I make. I'm, I'm a very introspective person anyway. I constantly second guess everything. I, I, I'm constantly considering my behaviors and stuff like that. Uh, maybe to an obsessive point. But when, when I take psychedelics, and I do not suggest anyone takes any drugs ever again. I, I want to make sure I'm not... Because I make choices does not mean I suggest everyone else should. This is just me. Right. Um, but when I, when I have used uh, psychedelics, it gives me a moment to sort of see my reality, step to the side, and get a different perspective of that reality. Yeah. And, and that is really helpful for me to understand my own motivations, my thought processes, and decisions that, that weigh on me in life. As, as they, all of us. You it's know, unfortunate we, that we can't watch how we interact or how we deal with situations. Mm-hmm. We're only seeing it through our eyes. And we never get to have that perspective of like, Am I thinking about this correctly? Am I doing this correctly? Am I, is what I'm feeling the right way? And then when you take like acid or mushrooms, you get to step away from yourself. You get to watch yourself and be like, holy shit, like, is this what it's really going on? Yeah. Is this what I'm really experiencing? You start to pick yourself apart. And, you know, and I think as a creator, I think that's important that um, we can have different perspectives and create in our own world and try to um, analyze and get better. I mean, yeah, it's just there's there's so much to it. Yeah. No, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, there is uh, another little statement here about the side effects. It says, keep in mind that some people experience lingering mental effects for days or weeks after use. And I will say that because of all the drugs that I did when I was a kid, um, I, and I think specifically acid, um, like I can look at a wall or a ceiling and it'll move. Like I have that lingering effect of being able to see visual distortions. What? So you've done that much acid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to do quite a bit to get that. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but yeah. I mean, it was enough for for that to be a reality. And so, right. it's just a part of of the way that I experience life now. It's that, you know, I recognize it for what it is. It's a visual distortion brought on by past experience, chemical use. And so it doesn't change my reality at all. It's just one of those things where like, oh, okay, that's happening right now. And I just sort of accept that, okay, it's going to happen as long as I focus on it. Um, It's just something you have to deal with. So there are lasting effects of taking any, and I'm not just talking about illegal drugs at this point. I'm talking about any drugs. Do you guys know that? Too much aspirin, it'll fuck you up. Yeah. I mean, you can actually get blood clots and die from traditional uh, ibuprofen or Tylenol or aspirin. You can, uh, um, um, oh, where was I going? Uh, ibuprofen, I, I totally aspirin. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever is in my head is going. prolong anything. Anything you take too much of will have a lasting effect. You take too many steroids, same thing. You take too much vitamin C, you have diarrhea. Yeah. I mean, there's... Hold there's, on one second. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. There's genuine effects to no matter what legal or illegal drugs you take. So you have to be aware 
of what you're doing in life. You have to understand the, the pros and cons of every decision you make in life. And, and honestly, that's what it comes down to is we're adults. We realize if I'm going to drink alcohol, maybe my body chemistry means that I'm going to be addicted and dependent on it. Maybe my body chemistry is going to mean that I become an asshole when I consume it, or I become subdued. And so I'm not really interesting to anyone else. I mean, it every drug dip completely is different. I, I had a friend and, and actually family member who, when they drink coffee, they're not stimulated. They're actually brought down in a sense of depression with coffee because of their own body chemistry. So different drugs affect people in different ways. And the only way for you to know is to make the decision to try it or not and suffer the consequences or not, legal or illegal. So we've got to break that boundary of, of framework of legal drugs versus not, because in different right. regions of this planet, all drugs are legal. And in other regions, many of them are illegal. And so we can't pretend like illegal is bad and legal is good. The truth is, is it's completely dependent on the individual. Right. And I, I, and I went to an undisclosed location in Mexico to partake and do all these things. I did my research, you know, so I was taken. So I met them here in San Diego and they took me there and it was very uh, professional. It wasn't a drug den or any of those things. It was a very spiritual thing and a lot of talking, a lot of discussion. Um, they were there for my safety. It was set up where you can, you know, after you take it, you lay down, they monitor you physically, make sure you're okay, mm -hmm. any problems. So yeah, it was very safe. And someone else had done it with this group before. So that's why I was, you know, that's why I was like, all right, this wasn't just a random group or someone I had picked out. Uh, some of the clients I tattooed had spoken of their journey and got tattooed after it. And they were explaining who these people were. So they put me in contact with them. And that's how I was able to. Yeah. I, th I think that's another important part of it is that when you run across people, for example, if you want to smoke crack cocaine, you're not going to have a group of medically sentient people there to protect you through the experience. They're going to sell it to you on a street corner and they're going to say, hey, you know, go do your thing. And if you die, who gives a fuck? If you try medically um, uh, um, um, approved uh, magic mushrooms or DMT, then you have professionals there who actually know the science and know how to treat the effects of it. And again, you're not always going to have those environments, but the fact no. that those environments exist tell you that it is not something to be feared. It is not this boogeyman that is going to consume your brain and turn it into mush like a fried egg on those stupid fucking 80s commercials. This is your brain on no. drugs. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely different. It's not... And I don't, and I'll categorize this as like heroin or meth or cocaine or any of these things. This is a, it's a psychedelic. It comes from the ground. It's not processed. It's not added. They don't add stuff to it. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. its purest form. So it's, and plus it's, it's completely natural. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's just, to me, it doesn't seem like drugs. When people say illegal drugs, those are the ones that come to mind. But like acid, mushrooms, marijuana, I'm like, those aren't drugs. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, they're just. Psychedelics in general, I, I genuinely, and I've, I've had a lot of friends that have said they've had bad experiences on various forms of those different drugs. Um, I've never 
had a bad experience. And it's because I'm always open to experience. I, I recognize that if I'm taking any substance, whether it's alcohol or nicotine or uh, magic mushrooms or, or acid right. or something, there is a process that my body is going to go to um, go through in order to process those chemicals. And that process can be an enlightening experience or it can be a scary and negative experience. And it's up to me to perceive of that. And I just had a show about um, life experience the other day. Your experiences in life can define you if you're terrified of them and if you decide not to take action. But how you process the experiences you have in life has an intimately more powerful effect on how you are as an individual. So it's the same way with drugs. If you allow the drug to dominate you, then you're just a victim. If you allow yourself to process and understand what's happening and give yourself an opportunity of insight, then you can actually learn something from it. And maybe that, that understanding that you learn is, I never want to fucking do that again. <laughs> maybe yeah. that's all you learn. But that should be enough, right? The other side of that is maybe you get a little bit of introspection. You realize... I don't want to do that all the time, but maybe once every couple of years or something, because I really felt like I learned something about me. Yeah. Something profound, something that will change the course of how you perceive yourself and how you make decisions and your right. perception of, of life in general. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to dive into this. I'm so excited to tell you guys about my <laughs> well, Let's I'm get deaf. to it. Let's get to it. Okay. So before we do it, let's watch the before video. Okay. And then we'll talk about it, and then we'll go to the after video. Is that all right? That's perfect. All right, here's the before video. Sorry, I got to cue it up. Come on, what the hell? Here we go. So, uh, going to do my uh, DMT treatment today. I'm a little nervous, a little excited, a little everything. Excuse me for being so scruffy. Um, but I'm confident this will get rid of a lot of stuff that's wrong with me. Um, kind of curb that PTSD that I have from, you know, battling cancer at so young. Um, some of the traumatic things that have happened in my life, anxiety, those kind of things. So this frog venom is supposed to get rid of it. My friends picked me up here. We're going to go to, to Mexico and we're going to take care of this and see what happens. Um, so I'm kind of excited. I'm optimistic about it. And then uh, I'm going to do a little video about um, what happens afterwards. So uh, see you guys on the other side. Okay, so that was the setup. That was right before you went in there. And yep. explain to me what, what the process was like when you, when you were face-to-face -face with, okay, this is the step. I have to inhale this substance. Like, were you terrified? Were you excited? Uh, I was, I was just in the moment. I just said, man, I mean, I was already having a weird day and I was just <laughs> like, you know what? I was like, man, I just want to do this. I want to get this over with. Um, I was excited. Yes. Uh, was I fearful? Of course. I've never done anything before, but I was like, well, I'm just going to take this experience for what it is. I'm going to ride it all the way. So if whatever happens, happens, I was very anxious to get started. So it was, uh, and I, I, I watched it right before we did this, and I don't feel like the, I'm the same Patrick anymore. That's what's so great about it. Yeah, well, this was when you say that, I mean, can you expound on that a little bit? Because 
we all have a sense of identity, right? We, we all understand this is who I am in this moment. And we have our life experience to back up. Well, this is why I feel like I am this who, you know, this, this individual. Um, what about this experience made you feel different? My perspective, my uh, perception of myself, um, how past trauma really affects who you are. Any past trauma that you have, whether it's lingering or fleeting or whatever, some of those things will very much make up your personality and how you um, deal with tasks, people, interactions, philosophy of yourself, um, your beliefs. And then when you go through something like this and those PSD traumas are released and they don't affect you anymore, you're not the same person. Mm -hmm. Because those things make up who you are mentally and they could express themselves in the physical depending on the traumatic, how traumatic the experience is. So after coming out of this, and you'll see in the next video, I don't feel like that person anymore. The things that bother him don't bother me. Can I ask you about the experience itself? Like sort of walk us through from that inhalation to what you okay. experienced to waking up. So... As I arrived, uh, people were very nice. Uh, they offered me water. We talked a little bit. And I had to fast for 24 hours. Okay. And I drink water because I can't, can't go without water. So um, I fasted. So I was like in a very – I was famished. Is that because they like you're prone to lose body control? I don't know. They said people. some people do get sick. Mm -hmm. Some people do have this. But when the body's depleted of everything, there's nothing that can interact with you. Right. So you're at a clean state, basically. You've been fasting. So your body is not trying to digest anything. It's not trying to process anything. You're in your your, your state. So um, they said that sometimes people do get sick and they will throw up, but not everybody. But if you fast, there's nothing in the system anyways. So you don't want to eat a giant McDonald's, then go down there and do DMT. Um, so they were really adamant about the fasting part. And I, and I um, understand the benefits of it. So um, I went down, so as they got the medicine ready, they talked me through it, and um, I uh, started doing. Oh, come on. Now it breaks up. <laughs> of course. Of course. This is where it fucking cuts out. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully he'll come back in a second. I want to address some um some comments here in chat while we're waiting for him to come back. Uh, Lexi, it's always great to see you. It's okay if you're a little bit late. No big deal. Amplifying orgasms, Vic. I don't know. Um, I don't think he knows either. I, the fact is, is that while you're on DMT, it doesn't seem like you're much able to do anything except for lie there and experience from what I understand. Uh, introspection doesn't really cover the scope of it, as Zachary says. You unfold yourself and feel aspects of your consciousness that are normally on autopilot. And I think that's the important part of it, is that introspection is a conscious action that we take. And some drugs that you take, some legal and some illegal, take away the conscious part of it, and you just sort of experience things. And so it's important not to um, focus on is this a choice I'm making? Is this a decision that's being made for me? It's, it's really just you have to accept what happens. You have to just sort of open your arms and say, okay, this is the experience I'm having. I'll process it after the experience is over. I just have to live it in the moment right now.
Um, think you need to be emotionally stable before doing any DMT. I think you need to be emotionally stable before doing any drugs, period. And the problem, I think, for most people, and certainly those who fall victim to abuse, um, because again, as Satanists, indulgence, not compulsion, those of us who fall into compulsive behaviors over drugs, legal or illegal, it's because we don't, um, we're not emotionally stable enough to handle it. We're not chemically stable enough to handle it. And we become dependent because of that. Um, uh, mental fortitude is definitely required in life. Yeah, and, and I think that's a, that's a blanket statement that is a truth, but it's a simplicity of truth, right? Because so many of us have so many different chemical makeups that to, to say that we have abject control over our decisions is truly just a myth. Like, we like to think we do, but some of us are more prone than others to different behaviors because of our chemical makeup. All right, you're back. So sorry. My phone overheated. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. It was on the laptop. I was like, oh, what's going on? Well, you yeah. were just getting into your experience. I know. That's, that's just awesome. That was like the perfect time to have something malfunction. The worst. So, um, <laughs> so um, I got into the... Um, the um, so I, I as I they got the medicine ready for me they call it medicine mm -hmm. so um, I took it and there's only been three of uh, other times where they've had somebody uh, take all of it uh, at one shot it's a lot it's it's a large dose and you can take as much or as little as you want uh, so I'm the fourth person that has taken all of it so, so when I you say take all of it you mean inhaled all that's in the I pipe I inhaled all of it. There was no thing left over. I inhaled the entire dose. Right. So it was like in my system like that. So as I took it, you hold it in as long as you can, and then you exhale it, and then they lay you down on a pillow, and your head's there. And then as I sat there for a few minutes, the first thing I thought is, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so did it hit die. you immediately, or did it take a second? It hit me immediately. Like mine, I was like, bam. I was like, oh no, what have I just done? <laughs> shit. Oh shit. What was I, it that I, first let you know that you were under the effects of the drug? Um, everything just like went like, all of a sudden I felt like everything was shutting down. Like my brain was starting to shut off. <laughs> oh, um, shit. I, I was like, uh oh. I was, I'm not in control time, anymore. And you don't feel good. It's not a good high. It's not one where, you know, you smoke weed. You're like, oh, man, I'm feeling good. You're like, oh, I don't feel good at all. I feel horrible. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm going to fucking die. I, and I was like, well, what have I done? I'm in Mexico. Nobody knows where the fuck I'm at, dude. I said, ah, oh, you fucking moron. And then all of a sudden, that went away. Like in a few, a, right. like, a, like 30 seconds, that was gone. And then as I was listening to Binary Beats, the uh, subliminal programming, that was going off at a low level, and they were doing uh, s s singing bowls. Oh, wow. So all of a sudden, the, the ceiling started to become the galaxy, clouds, stars, atmosphere. Wow. And as I'm going through this, like I'm starting, I feel like I'm going to blast off into outer space. And I start doing it, but as I'm blasting off, I'm still in the room. I'm still on that pillow. Then the other part of me was in nature. That I was like in Elysium. I was birds and trees and, and, and just, it was like beautiful and epic. But 
another part of me is going to a whole other place. So I was in three places at once, and my consciousness was jumping back and forth between all three of them. Wow. And as I came out into space, I just saw like a ball of energy, and the energy started to talk to me, and it was my own voice. So I was talking to maybe they say your higher self or mm -hmm. because as a Satanist, we don't believe that there's a God or there's any deities or any of that stuff. So my brain probably said, well, let's put something in here that he'll understand. Like just trying to piece it. I, I, I'm just explaining how it happened. Right, right. So it was like this ball of energy and the energy was talking to me and it was my own voice. Hey, it's okay. You got to let stuff go. It's not helping you. It's not going to get you better. You have to let this stuff go. You are your own God. You create in your own world. Remember how powerful you are. Let this shit go. Let all that trauma go. Let that badness go. It doesn't serve you anymore. That's not, it's not helping you. You have to move forward. I know that things have been hard and you've had a hard time, but you have to let it go. That was the message that I got. At the same time, I'm in nature. I'm with the birds. I'm with the trees. I feel one with everything. I feel one with myself. I feel one with the universe. Like I just felt like like just everything just opened up. Like the mystery and hardship of life changed. You're meant to create in your own world. And this is what you do. You have to believe in that. And it is a reality. And to let the past go. So about 13 minutes later, I come out of it. That's how long it was. I swear it felt like days. But Whoa. at the same time, I was still conscious in the room I was in. So does so the, found, let me ahead. ask you a question really quick. Did, the message that you felt that you were saying to yourself, you, your higher self was giving you, was that something that you immediately understood or was it something that you experienced and fully comprehended at a later point? No, I got it immediately. Okay. Immediately. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, I understand. Mm -hmm. I get it. It was like a giant release, if that makes any sense. You know, because I battled cancer. I had all those lawsuits with my ex. I, I mean, in my father passing, you know, how traumatic that was, and my mother, and like all the horrible things that in the last couple of years have happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just was like, it doesn't serve you no more. You know, let that shit go. Right. And that's exactly what I did. And then as I came out of it, they were there and they said, are you with us? And I'm like, yep. And they gave me this really sour uh, coffee beans to eat, which kind of like they're bitter. They give you some water. So I start reintegrating, you know, myself, the effects are starting to wear off. I'm starting to feel like, okay, I'm in the moment now. I'm in reality. I'm in not an altered state. Mm -hmm. And uh, they brought me back to my car and I got in, I started driving and I just was like, so positive you're like okay so you need jazzed. to get the fuck out now <laughs> drive yeah yeah no but i mean they, they took me back and then i got my car and i was like all right cool and i just i just felt so good i just felt so positive and so i feel like all this shit was taken off my shoulders mm. I, I i can't i it's just um it was worth every penny it was worth the entire experience and i as i look at that old the video of me going into it I see that person. I'm like, you're not, you know, I, I wish I would have been able to know that I would be completely different afterwards. And I feel that I still feel that I'm still changing and evolving. Yeah. I don't get mad as much at small shit. Like I used to, 
Um, I don't have the, the ego. Um, I don't have the fear of failure anymore. It's very weird. I want, to, I want to talk about that because while we're watching your exit video, which we're going to queue up here in just a second, I want you to, to think about, could you have gotten to this understanding without using a substance? Is this something that you feel in, in your current state that you could have achieved through no. some other way? No, there's okay. no way. Well, let's watch this at exit video and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more. All right, watch that one. So uh, I just finished my uh, journey. Um, the thoughts that I have in this are amazing. Um, talk to my higher self, visualize the universe. Everything that you want to have, you can have. Everything is abundant. Everything is gratitude and happiness and letting go of previous thought patterns and things that don't make themselves relevant in your life anymore. Things are a little more clear. Um, I feel positive, energetic. I feel like I'm in between worlds. Um, it's a very unique experience. Um, I don't have anxiety or just letting go of a lot of stuff. It's, it's life-changing. I really... You have an opportunity to do this then I would say take it and embrace it and be one with the universe be one with your cosmic self be one with things that make you happy and be in touch with more that's out there you know everything is a vibration everything is thoughts and if you're on the right wavelength and you're in the right mindset then things will come easier and um, yeah. All right. I want to talk about that really quick because that actually resonates with something completely different that I was I was listening to the other day and it's it's the idea of string theory and how more and more scientists are now accepting the the concept of string theory uh to explain to sort of to 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 process the big and the small forces in in our realities um, as a sort of underlying theory to explain how sciences work on, on large and small scales in our universe. Um, and in the fact that you mentioned frequency is very resonant to that idea, because, again, string theory very simplistically states that all things resonate with a certain frequency and uh, all things are possible within those frequencies. And you, you mentioned this idea that we are all one, we're all connected. This is a common theme that comes out of people who connect with psychedelics and specifically DMT or the version of DMT that you took, uh, which is 5-MeO-DMT, where you feel like you are literally and again, I, I want to sort of pull back one more second and say that this is a message that is pre-Christian, that was part of the Jesus movement of Jews uh, before it was legalized, that we are all literally connected. They use the metaphor of God. You're using the metaphor of com cosmos. Um, and, and it's not just you. It's resonated with others that have used the same drug. 
uh, and religious movements that have used these similar drugs to have similar experiences. And so I want to I want to ask you about this 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 idea of resonance, this this vibration of connection with uh, existence itself. Is that something that you just sort of extrapolated on or you felt during the experience? It's something that I felt in the experience that like we all, I mean, because thoughts are things right. and that's their vibe. You know, everything that we put out into the universe, in my opinion, now this is way above my pay grade, but um, our frequencies, they resonate. You're putting it out into the universe. It's a vibration. And in that altered state, I feel like I was in the right frequency to create, to have abundance, to have life, to have excess. It sounds very weird, but that's the experience that I had. I felt like I was on the frequency of success. And part of the, the subliminal programming that I was listening to was the same thing. So it, I say enhanced my experience because I knew that if I do this, I'm going to be reprogramming myself and be very careful. But once I felt afterwards, I said, no, I think it's more that I just felt like a very good positive um, experience after doing the DMT. I felt like I was on the right wavelength with that thoughts, things. I didn't have all that, um, that clout, the, uh, the cloudiness of trauma, uh, the, the inability to, to deal with stuff. You know, when people have traumatic experiences like PTSD, it really affects them in every aspect of their life. It's a constant drag. And when you take that away or make that not relevant anymore, then you're free to be who you are. Your, your brain will not dwell on those things. It'll dwell on what's truly important, what you truly desire. And that's the way that, that I felt. That's what I extrapolated, and that's the emotion and the thought pattern I had when I was done with it. I think that's really interesting because the, for those of us who are, and I'm going to use the word fortunate enough, um, to not be hindered by physical or chemical um, issues that, that hinder most people, um, you will not understand this. And, and it's not because you're not able to, it's just that you haven't had that life experience. But for those of us who, who suffer from chemical imbalance or experiential or physical um, uh, uh, disabilities, the truth is, is that you can't see, you can't experience reality on a base level. You're experiencing it hindered. You're, you're handicapped, not the, the way that most people understand, but just there's something that's stopping you from being able to accept and understand experience like everyone else does or forcing you to experience it in a different way traditionally negative when you realize whether it's you find a legal or illegal drug that stops that hindrance that allows you to experience what other people take for granted because they've never had the deficiency you feel elevated to a point that you can't you you feel like you're you're more powerful than you've ever been because you have more clarity than you ever have before. It's an experiential experience that that sounds strange to say it out loud, but it's something that you can't understand unless you've been under a cloud before. And so the clarity that you experience is incredibly important in perspective, 
in understanding, in, in, in processing life in and of itself. If you constantly have white noise shooting in your ears, it's hard for you to focus and understand the chirping of birds or the feel of grass on your feet. Right. So experiencing life is hindered for the majority of humans throughout our lives. And when you have an opportunity to like stop that distraction and actually understand the experience through chemical change, it can be completely uplifting and amazing for many people. And I want, what's that? It, it it was for me. Yeah, that's how I, you you really summed up like exactly like all those hindrances were just gone. Mm-hmm. I was like able to just be Patrick for the first time mm-hmm. without that nastiness, without that you know things that have happened. Like yeah, moment of clarity. I want to. Yeah, I think that's a really great way of putting it too. Is is moment of clarity because we we do you know we we have this common understanding of alcoholism where you're sort of dependent on the disease itself and then suddenly you get this moment of clarity where you can sort of see through the clouds or sometimes depression is the same way where you have this moment of clarity where you're like oh shit i have been under this fog and now i can see reality for the first time i need to get help Um, and so some people have those moments and that's amazing Uh, and sometimes substances help people realize those moments, which is incredibly powerful. Um, I want to address something here that this has been put in the chat a couple times because I don't want people to misunderstand. Um, <laughs> I am not a proponent of Aleister Crowley. Uh, I think he was uh, a drug addict, which I do see addictive behavior of any form as right. an abject negative. Uh, you are relying on a compulsion. You are not relying on indulgence. That's what he right. was. He was also a failure of a human being. He was doing his best to try to make himself this big, bad, awesome, dark, evil entity, 777 the Beast. And the truth is, is that he just revealed the clown that he was. And that is who Aleister Crowley was. And he's not the beginning and the end of it. There's a lot of Satanists who start out saying, I'm a Satanist, I'm the greatest, big and bad, whatever. And they realize and and project themselves as the clowns that they actually fucking are. We all know who they are and we see them. Past, maybe present, but the reality is, is they are there. People who identify with things that we like to identify with and we clearly see that they are clowns and not what they actually proclaim to be. And I am not, as Aleister Crowley may do, suggesting that you as an individual need to try drugs in order to reach some heightened awareness. No, that's bullshit. Individuals need to make individual choices about their individual lives. Carte blanche, plain and simple, hands down, that's it. I have found help with psychedelic use in the past and it has assisted me in understanding and processing experiences that have literally hindered me. It clearly sounds like, um, uh, uh, Warlock DeMarco, that you also have experienced trauma in your past life and that using this particular substance has helped you process that trauma in a positive way. Yeah, uh, it, uh, and, this, and just for you guys know, uh, listeners, I had no idea that Adam has ever done 
any hallucinogens. <laughs> he never told me. True. So when I approached the story of DMT, he was like, oh, okay. He was very uh, uh, not his usual, yeah, this sounds great. He's like, well, I want to do more about this. But I had no idea that he'd actually done any psychedelics at all or any of that stuff. So to hear him say now, it's like, now I understand why this he ha- he wanted to do this show and make sure it was done right because yeah. he he's experienced it and I've experienced something that he hasn't experienced. So yeah, it's uh it's I'm hearing it for the first time too, folks. So it's uh it's it's amazing how you just change. This is the the strength I think of experience uh, as a human being is that you 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 have life experiences and then you process them and where you end up at the end of that process defines who you are whether you're a victim or you're a victor of those experiences whether you're stronger for them or you succumb to them the reality of that end whatever it may be is incredibly important because it tells you whether or not you are a worker bee in life or whether or not you are a god and you can actually move forward with effective strength and affirmation through life, able to make life-changing positive decisions for yourself or whether you succumb to the, the deficiencies that may have always been dormant within yourself that you never even knew were there. Um, yeah. And that's just the chaos of life. There's, the, there, there's no way to know until you've experienced. And if abstinence is your drug, then by all means, do your thing. I don't care. That's your life. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't recommend this for anybody. If you want to uh, um, find me and email me and, and talk about my experience more, that's fine. But I'm not recommending that anybody try this. I'm not recommending anybody do this. I'm telling you what my experience was. Mm-hmm. And the choice that I made to do it, and the, and how it has perfected, um, affected me in a very profound and deep matter. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, I was excited to share my story with everybody, as I was doing. Well, I genuinely appreciate you you doing so, and um, every time we get together and we have a conversation, it's always good. Like I always feel better for having had it, and it's always great to get together with you anyway. Um, Thank you all so much for joining in the chat room and sharing your thoughts uh, and ideas through this. Whether they're positive or negative towards this concept, either way, thank you so much for taking the time to share it. Look, the uh, truth is, is I'm not arrogant enough to pretend like I have all of the answers in life. I don't. I'm working through this thing just like everyone else. And I'm trying to process and understand my own thoughts and experiences just like everyone else. And whenever I'm sharing these ideas or I have guests on like we're like DeMarco sharing their experiences, we're just a drop in the bucket, something that maybe you can learn from, or maybe at least you can get a different perspective of your own life from. And if that's the minimum you get from this, then that's great. That's awesome. So let's just take it from there and uh, understand that. We all have to we all have to process existence on our own terms, right. man. Let me let me just say this in, in kind of general, if anybody wants to um, comment on this in the chat. Um, I see the from watching the first video of me to the second one to how I'm interacting now, yeah. there is a dramatic change. It's not it's not the same. I can 
as I watched both those videos, it made me realize how profound the experience actually was and how different. I was like, wow, that's a whole. And then now after processing it for so many, you know, uh, was what a few weeks ago mm -hmm. after processing it and still continuing to, I'm like, I'm still evolving. I'm still changing. It's a, it's to me, it was an amazing journey and I'm, I'm glad that I was able to do it. And in a situation that was safe and an environment that allowed me to experience this, because I mean, like, like most of us, we watch Joe Rogan, you know, <laughs> and he, yeah. he talks about that shit a lot. And I was like, and hearing him talk about his experience and how it's changed him and, other people and, and, uh, you know, uh, Jocko, um, uh, he's a Navy SEAL. He did it as well in his experience. And I used to go to his gym out here in San Diego, Victory MMA and some other people that I've kind of like crossed paths with or just in, you know, or know about and hearing their experience and how it affected them. And the main reason that I did want to try it was Mike Tyson. When he talked about how it has changed him right. and what he went through and how I watched his his interview afterwards, I was like, if it could change Mike Tyson, it could change anybody. So Mike Tyson has a very yeah, had a very disturbing upbringing. Even his career in boxing has not been glorious, and, and, and he's had a really rough time. And for him to talk about how happy and positive he is after doing it, I said, I got to find a way. Yeah. Yeah, what, what struck me was Jim Carrey. I didn't see that one. Yeah, that one that one affected me where it was him talking about his experience. I was like, "Oh shit, I got to try this someday." <laughs> like I've been talking to my yeah. wife. I've been talking to my yeah. wife since you you mentioned it. I was like, "Oh, of course, now you drop off." <laughs> I was like, "I got to try yeah. this too." Yeah, it was, um, it was it was it was profound. It was very profound. I don't know if anybody in the chat room has any uh questions or if they want to, you know, you put my uh the Titan Tattoo 19 at gmail.com if you want to email me with any questions or stuff like that. I'll take them on a case-to-case -case, uh, uh, basis. But, uh, no, it was uh, – I'm just glad I, I did it. I'm glad that I experienced it, and I'm glad I was able to share it. It was very important to me. You know, I didn't, I didn't know how it would affect me and how right. it would change my life. I want to uh, before before we sign off here, there, there's one last question that I want to have, and, and I want to make a clarification um, Elonade, I appreciate your um, excitement. I'm definitely not a spiritualist. I do not believe in any spiritual anything, period. Hands down, nothing. So please do not confuse what I'm talking about. And if you, you are unfamiliar with me and you think that that's what I'm pro a proponent of, I would ask you to visit my past episodes. Um, but for a point of very satanic understanding satanists dwell primarily and i i sort of cued you up before we, we started this live show with this but satanists you know we we celebrate the ego we, we we go into existence focusing on us ourselves becoming the best version of ourselves and those who have taken dmt traditionally have all stated that it is an effect of dissolving the ego and so I'm wondering your experience as a Satanist who has, again, celebrated Satanism in identifying with your ego. You are your own God. You can't get more egotistical than that. And the idea that you are connected to everything else. How do you reconcile those two notions? Okay. The ego. Do you have a healthy ego or do you have a shitty ego? 
How good is your ego? That will determine how good of a Satanist you are. So the ego is important, and DMT, yes, diminishes the ego. I wouldn't say it dim diminishes the ego. It gets rid of the crap in the ego, that you can be your full self. What is the definition of ego? So how your perception of, of it, like I'm egotistical, I'm the shit, I'm this, I'm that, that's great. What are those motivations behind it? How do you achieve being the ultimate God that you are if you don't get rid of the stuff that doesn't serve you? How are you supposed to be your great creator if you have things holding you back? Interesting. That's, my, that's, that's how I felt. I don't believe it dissolves the ego. I believe it, it, it uh, absolves the worst parts of the ego, the, par the parts that don't serve your ego anymore. Right, right. I like that's what's... how I feel it. Yeah, you, you're, you're saying something that I think is incredibly important, and Zachary is echoing. He says it dissolves what's not actually required of your ego. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I would say that that is a very good assessment of that. That's a great way. Zachary, that's a great way to word that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. The unnecessary parts of it. Right. You've exercised out of your, uh, your lexicon. <laughs> exercise the demons. <laughs> yeah, you wanna you wanna you wanna exercise those those uh, and and make sure that whatever in your lexicon is is positive and uplifting to yourself as a Satanist. You want to be the best. Mm. We are. We're the elite. So how do you get to that next step? Take out what's not working for you and go forward. Yeah. Look at our creator of you know Anton Lavey. He took the very best of what he thought was the best of our religion and put it together. He trimmed the fat. He got rid of the bad shit. He got the shit that was most important. This is what I feel is the most important. This is what I'm going to present to you in this fashion. The same thing with me. I'm going to do the exact same thing with my tattoo shop, with my life, with everything. But I want to have the best ingredients. And if I have stuff that's not making it good, it needs to get out. Right. Interesting. I like that idea because the truth is, is that we think of ourselves as a collection of our life experiences and decisions that we've made along the way. But as Satanists, we always have to do that hard, honest look at ourselves and realize that we have faults. All of us have faults. Some of them we're willing to live with and some of them we realize that we have to get rid of if we're going to live successful and productive lives as Satanists. And that's always the hardest fucking look in the mirror that we're ever going to have. When we're totally honest with ourselves, it, it sucks and it hurts. And if this was a way for you to take a look in that mirror and truly process, wow, I didn't even see these as issues before. Or maybe there are issues that I was incapable of dealing with in a conscious way that in this state or in this way that I can deal with them. I, I think I applaud that. I think that's fantastic. Think about it like this. I'm going to put this in a very, very simple term. I think everybody can really um, understand. Mm. After you've brushed your teeth, I'm sorry, I bit my tongue okay. uh, sparring. <laughs> After you've brushed your teeth and you drink a glass of orange juice, what happens? Hurt. Tastes fucking terrible, right? Yeah. It's awful. That's the same thing I believe with your mind. If you don't clean out the bad, you can't really, or, or what's not necessary, you can't experience the moment or what's good or how you create. Everything is tarnished. Everything has yeah. is, is, is got a spin on it in a way that sh it's not productive. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that rebooting my system and coming to this situation, I'm able to live more in the moment and create based upon those moments, like we talked before, with that added clarity, yes. where I never would have had it before. I would I say think I'm, I think I'm different. I don't know. Maybe maybe you know you've known me what seven years now. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's one of those ideas that um, I have to say that I would like to think that not everyone needs external influence in order to truly distill who they are and, and get to the core of, of what they need. But that's so outside of my own life experience that I can't say that that's a truth. That, right. that, that everyone I've ever met in my life has needed some, whether it's another person or whether it's a substance to work through their traumas. It's not something that everyone is innately capable of doing without external forces. And so that's the the thing too, like with like, I mean, we've all experienced physical pain, right? And what do you do when you look at your physical pain? Let's say you smashed your, 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 your thumbnail in the fucking car door. We've all done that. That shit's excruciating. And the nail falls off. It gets nasty. But what do you see? You see your body heal. And you forget how painful that trauma was because you've seen yourself come out of it. You can't see how you heal on the inside. That's why I don't think people heal. They don't see the process of the healing. They don't feel it. It just stays. Interesting. I, I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Well, I think that's a great place to end this conversation. We're already over our hour, so we'll uh, give the audience a break to process on their really? own. Really? It didn't even seem like that long. I know. <laughs> I, I just, just love we just, we, just, we just got started here. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for joining us live in the, in the chat. And even if you disagree with us, thank you so much for sitting through it and sharing your thoughts. We don't have to agree. And that's okay. <laughs> really, that's okay. Understanding that premise alone is huge. Um, yeah. It'll help you in all of your uh, life existence. Uh, but in general, for this conversation, make choices based on your own life experience. You know, If you're only comfortable with legal drugs, if you're not comfortable with any drugs, then don't do it. That's up to you. Be your own master. That's the whole point. You are your own God. Um, thank you for sitting through our experience and, and listening to this. And fucking, well, like DeMarco, thank you so much for sharing oh, your course. experience. Always. I, I enjoy this forum and the way that you present it. Um, I like the fact that we can, your guests can truly be themselves. Yeah. And you don't have a spin on it and you don't create the narrative you let them create their own narrative and i appreciate that it's not biased it's raw it's real it's it's this is how it is so i really appreciate that the the um the honesty that you project from all of your shows that's one of the main things i think about your shows in general versus um, others even though you are an egotistical maniac (laughs) um but you don't have it in your show Uh, yeah, I gotta fuck with you, but uh, no, but you have the, uh, but you have the, your shows have the genuineness in them, and I think that's what is one of the keys to your success and how 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 much you've done all this is because is is the honesty and the the 
the way that you let your guests be honest as well. Yeah. I and appreciate you have you, that. Yeah. No, I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, and we got to get together before a fucking year is out again. This is ridiculous. Like we, we always have great shows whenever we get together. So we, just, we gotta do it. We're smart people, smart yeah. people. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, until next time, until we can speak of the devil again. Keep those checks coming. <laughs> I gotta find the outro. <laughs> So it is done.